just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. And, you know, as Christians, we, we have an ongoing interest in Israel. Uh, that is where our spiritual roots come from, uh, from the Jewish faith. And so with, the, you know, the, the modern incarnation of Israel as a nation, uh, I th- we kind of have a dual interest uh, because they are also the, the, you know, the strongest ally of uh, the West, of the United States, uh, Canada, I would say, in the Middle East, uh, and really a, a beacon of hope, I, I find, um, in the region. So we've got a lot of uh, reasons to be interested, and, and I'm excited today to have Dr. Eris Soref with us today. He is the president of the only Hebrew-speaking Bible college in the world. It's called the One for Israel Bible College, and One for Israel does uh, a lot in the region. And I think you might be surprised at, at you know, the people that are impacted by this uh, outreach. Uh, and we, we tend to have some ideas, I think, in the West about Israel that are incorrect, um, both inside the church and outside the church. So we're going to get a little inside scoop as to what's going on from a Christian perspective, because for us, uh, that is uh, the worldview uh, that is... Uh, our only hope in this world, frankly. So, Dr. Soref, great to have you today on Life Today Live. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. It's great to be with you. All right. So, I mentioned, you know, the Bible College, but uh, I'd love for you to give us just a quick overview of all that is going on with you and your organization there in Israel. Yes. So, as you said, we actually do a lot more than just the Bible College, uh, besides the traditional Bible College things. Um, most of us at One for Israel are native-born Jewish and Arab believers in Jesus. And so our burning desire, kind of the reason we get up in the morning, is to tell our people about the Lord in a language and a manner that they can relate to. We do that in a variety of ways. Um, <clears throat> so the main, the main um, I'd say, medium is... Uh, the internet and people in the Middle East, like the rest of the world, are very connected to their mobile devices. That's the public square, as it was. And so we make sure that we have a seat and, and a place in that public square to share um, with our people. And as you've aptly uh, mentioned, we reach out both to Jewish people, you know, our families, our friends, our neighbors, our nation as well as to Arabic people, Arab people uh, in Israel and around the Middle East, who for some of our Arab team members are also family members, neighbors, friends, and so on. And um, that is a pretty shocking type of thing for a lot of people because, you know, the Jews and the Arabs, the sons uh, of Abraham, you know, the sons of Isaac, the sons of Ishmael, we have a 4,000-year-long family feud, as it were. But the amazing thing is that in the Messiah, you know, and we see that in the scriptures, there's no uniformity, but there is unity. And that is something that we celebrate day in and day out at One for Israel. And that's why we're able to uh, serve together, 
to share this message of hope with our people and um, just tremendous uh, positive responses. Also quite a bit of negative ones, mm. but um, many, many positive responses. I, I do find that interesting because I do think we have a, a misconception in the West, very much so, viewing uh, Jews and Arabs as completely incompatible. They'll never get along. They've always been, like you said, the family feud goes way back. And, of course, in the last hundred years, you know, wars uh, and, and just animosity. We see the headlines. But what you're telling me is that there is a, a at least one point around which Jews and Arabs can unify. And interestingly, that's that's Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Bible tells us that in, in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile, which would mean that you go beyond the identity, the national or, or birth or even religious identity and are able to come together. Is that is that rare or is is that more common than maybe we understand here in the West? Well, uh, you know, we, we often get that, that question. It's like, <laughs> why can't you guys get along? What are you guys really fighting about? <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the amazing thing is that, and I think that that is true for all of us, that diversity in and of itself is not the result of sin. And I say that because, you know, we see in Scripture the unity of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the issue is the hostility, and that's what sin has caused us, the hostility that diversity, you know, creates in a sense, but that's the sinful response. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I would say in the Middle East, it's definitely, um, it, it does stand out that there is this type of unity within the diversity of Jewish people and Arab people. And um, that's what makes our testimony so powerful. And, um, you know, I, I can tell you personally, um, before I've become a follower of, of uh, Jesus, I mean, I grew up in a city in the north of Israel, uh, Haifa, where Mount Carmel is, where Elijah had the, the, the thing with the prophets of Baal and all that. And mm -hmm. it's a mixed city. There's a Jewish majority, but there's definitely a significant minority of Arabs. And, um, you know, I would go to their shops and, and buy and, you know, you can you can tell who's Jewish and who's Arab, but definitely kept my distance and serving in the Israeli military. <clears throat> the lines were very clear as who, of who is for us and who is against us. Mm. And of course, you know, in Israel, there are um, a million and a half Arab citizens who are loyal citizens. So, again, I'm not just making that discussion. I'm just saying the general consensus was. There's a, a line, it's there, it's not always talked about, but it's there. And uh, when I've become a follower of, of Jesus, I remember when I first met an Arab believer in Jesus, <laughs> I, ha I had a prejudice. Mm. I, I found that out in my own heart, and um, I thought about it afterwards, and I, I, I needed to repent. I said, wow, I mean, this, this person, a lovely man of God, you know, who's an Arab, he's, he's has the same faith in Christ as I, as I do. And so I did repent, and God really changed something in my own heart. But I do think uh, in a place where emotions run very, very high, and our national identity, naturally for everybody everywhere around the world, means a lot. Um, you know, it's a spiritual thing. And by the way, about the children of Isaac and the children of Ishmael, the reason the conflict is 
seems unsolvable or, uh, you know, you can't solve it. The best minds tried and are trying is because the root of that conflict is spiritual. Mm -hmm. And this is why we are firm believers at One for Israel that this unity in diversity I'm talking about, uh, by the way, true for any any national conflict around the world, is solved in the Messiah in Jesus himself. Yeah, and uh, the truth of that, we just need to hear it. Because, you know, in, in America, it seems like the divide is between black and white um and uh, those who don't fall into either category kind of get thrown around mm-hmm. uh, at, at, you know with political expediency and you're 100 percent right i mean i have more in common with uh african americans who are believers in christ uh africans frankly i've been you know to africa several times who are believers in christ than than i do with anyone with the same tone of skin you know who is who is not mm-hmm. a believer and the the power of that to overcome any prejudice any cultural differences um it, it's undeniable we see that you you see that where you are i see it where i am and and that is mm-hmm. the only hope you mentioned you know uh when you came to christ uh you know growing up in israel were you from an orthodox home i'm curious about your conversion because that's not always an easy thing either Right, right. No, so uh, my family are what we call in Israel traditional Jews. It's probably equivalent to uh, uh, what you call it um, in the U.S. I forget um, cultural anyway. Christians or something. Yeah, to some degree, maybe. Yeah, uh, but definitely a very strong uh, identity. You know, you go to synagogue several times a year. Those type of things. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, <clears throat> you know, never met a Christian person. Never heard about Jesus of Nazareth until my teenage years when we started to get American TV in Israel, <laughs> I never seen the New Testament. Mm. Um, you know, I've been to Jerusalem and to the Sea of Galilee many times in, in you know, my childhood and youth, because we had family in those areas. Never, ever heard anything about Jesus of Nazareth. Um, you know, in school, I remember in uh, eighth grade, we studied a thick book about Second Temple Judaism. And guess who was not even mentioned? So that's kind of basically how I grew up in Israel. As I mentioned previously, after high school, we have a military service. And after the military service, uh, like a lot of Israelis, I decided to travel the world. After about a year of travel, I ended up in in Europe. And I ended up in a Christian youth hostel Hmm. where for the first time in my life, I have met the group of Christians. They were not Jewish Christians. They were Gentile Christians. And um, it was through their testimony. I wasn't particularly open to it. I wasn't particularly kind to them. But I could see two things that have really drew my attention. One was that some of them, to my surprise, were involved in, in some of the things I was involved in before they, uh, in their language, uh, converted to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? But you're, you're, you're a Gentile, I'm a European Gentile, aren't you automatically a Christian? <laughs> and they said, well, well, it's not automatic. It's, 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 a, it's a life choice. I, I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. But what I could see in, in their life is that they had a spiritual quality, you know, the way, the way you pray. You know, we, in the Jewish world, you don't, just, you don't just speak to God. You read prayers. And you don't pray by yourself, usually. You pray in a group. Yeah. 
Um, so that was very different. It was very personable. Mm. And um, uh, what shocked me even more was that some of them were familiar with passages in the Hebrew Bible, in the <laughs> Old Testament, that we studied in school for 12 years, but I didn't know those passages. Uh, passages like, uh, you know, in Isaiah, Isaiah. and Jeremiah, yeah. and Zechariah. <laughs> yeah. And I was shocked. I said, how come you guys know the Old Testament? I mean, that's our book. <laughs> and so they told me, well, the whole Bible is, is a single book. And I said, I, I have a Bible at home. My Bible is only the Hebrew Bible, only the Old Testament. So um, it was through their testimony to me, you know, in Paul's language, they caused me to jealousy. And I've begun uh, reading the New Testament with great trepidation, I have to admit. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. But as I did, I was very much surprised and drawn to uh, Jesus himself, because he was different than um, any other spiritual leader I've ever met in my life. He, you know, did not do religious stuff. For just for that sake. And um, as the Holy Spirit worked in my heart, again, I couldn't put it to words at that time, but convicted me of my sinful nature. The fact that it, there's nothing that I can do to earn God's favor. Uh, I have uh, repented of my sins, asked the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, to be my uh, Savior, thanked him for, for dying on the cross on my behalf. Mm. And um, I had a spiritual experience with the Lord. I thought that I was the first and only, you know, Jewish person to discover <laughs> that he is our Messiah as well. <laughs> and um, I felt very strongly that he's calling me to go back and tell my family and my friends and everybody else that I meet. And basically that's what I've been doing for the past 30 years. <laughs> okay, I, I love it. Now, I know that's probably not easy. In fact, I want to show people your website, uh, oneforisrael.org, looks like this. And right there it says, because the best way to bless Israel is with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, that's a little bit of a controversial statement. Uh, how have you been greeted over the last three decades as, as you have proclaimed Christ um, as the Messiah there in Israel? Mm -hmm. So let, let me say a word of how I was in, in Israel and, and, and then maybe a word about the um, this tagline that you quote, the best way to bless Israel is Jesus for Christians. So um, you know how it is to share Jesus with the Jewish and Muslim or Arab uh, population? It's not popular, to say the least. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think I had a, a naive expectation that I'm going to share this with my family and my friends and neighbors and everybody's going to be so excited because I was very excited. <laughs> uh, the actual response was that probably I've lost my mind or I overdosed or I was brainwashed or something terrible happened. <clears throat> and, um, you know, the reactions varied from arranging for me to talk to a rabbi uh, to having me see a psychiatrist. Wow. So every, and, and everything in between. <laughs> but um, I was very encouraged to discover I was not the only uh, believer in the country. This is 30 years ago. There were a few others. Uh, the, the number, by the way, in the last 30 years has increased dramatically. And also the number of uh, churches or congregations of Jewish believers. So there's definitely a, a significant development or move of God. Uh, but it's still not popular. Now, today, when when people hear that I'm a Jew, Jewish person that follow, is a follower of Jesus, um, most Jewish people would still not agree. Some would still call me a traitor. 
But all of them have heard that there's a growing group of Jewish people that claim Jesus as our Messiah. Mm. So it's not an easy place to be. Uh, it's not because you simply are not popular. Um, in extreme cases in the Jewish world and more commonly in the uh, Muslim world, there could be an actual physical persecution um, with ver- varying degrees of um, you know, being estranged to your family. And in the Muslim world also, um, and, you know, we have good friends that have that experience that firsthand, mm. um, you know, death threats, yeah. I mean, very, very much physical. So that's just the reality. But, you know, we read, the, it sounds like right out of the pages of the New Testament. So yeah. not much has changed in the Middle East in the last 2,000 years <laughs> in that regard. But, um, you know, maybe I can say a word about the tagline the best way to bless Israel is with Jesus in regards to Christians. So I still meet a lot of believers in Christ that love Israel. I mean, through uh, their study of scripture and their encounter with the Holy Spirit, they love the Jewish people and they want to do something practical besides praying. They want to donate, they want to give, they want to. So um, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard of people that have given to uh, many, many, many causes related to Israel. Uh, some of them are actually negative towards the gospel. Mm. Some of their, some of them are natural to the gospel. Um, you know, there's nothing bad in donating towards buying an ambulance, right. you know, in Israel. Right, right. But you have to understand the fact that you've donated to an ambulance in Israel is not evil, but it does not promote the gospel in any way, shape, or form. And you know, Jewish people in the state of Israel, you know, we pay a lot of tax. We buy our own ambulances. What the Jewish people truly need, if you really want to bless the Jewish people, we need as a nation, as a people, to hear about Jesus of Nazareth in a way that we as Jewish people can understand. By the way, same is true for Arab people. Okay, now you're touching on something that... that, is unpopular to say, and 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 I, I want to be careful yes. because I don't like to I don't like to criticize anyone who's doing something kind, you know, um, but I I do think that there are some maybe some perceptions, especially here in the West with American Canadian Christians, um, when it comes to Israel that are not always on target if i can put it that way and 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 i'm guessing you've seen some of this too um is is there anything that we need to know when it comes to israel Mm -hmm. that that maybe a a bit of a word of correction uh and i know i can tell you you would be one to do it with kindness and gentleness but we got to speak the truth in love uh and some of i think some of our support of israel is a little maybe misguided, not necessarily coming from a scriptural position. Agree. Uh, Agree. Okay. What do we need to hear? So one of the central missiological tasks of the church that is largely overlooked is to cause the Jewish people to jealousy. Hmm. Now, in the past, you know, I think a lot of Christians are aware that this was abused in, in let's say in the, in the time of the crusade where you would put the sword to the neck of a jewish person and say convert or die right, i mean say right. you're a believer in jesus and right. be baptized or you, i'm going to kill you right so the response has been all the way to the other side where people are saying oh well just let's just pour money on anything related to israel 
and then God will bless us, and hopefully we're going to get the acknowledgement of the Jewish people that the Christians are good guys. And that's, again, good intentions. But the truth of the matter is that um, right now there are many or several key groups like One for Israel. Is One for Israel being one of them? We see it in the, we are in the forefront in Israel, but there are others in other places around the world that we can share, we can tell our people about the Lord in the language, in the cultural sensitivities, mm-hmm. in, in the, the costumes that our people understand, particularly from the Hebrew Bible, from the Old Testament. That's, you know, that's our language. That's our heritage. We, we are at home here. We know how to do it. And the, the fact that if you're just giving a cup of water to a disciple, Jewish disciple at that, or, you know, one of those young ones, they don't even know you're giving the cup of water in the name of Jesus. Mm. It means nothing to them. Mm. And so um, to fulfill this task, and forgive me, I, I don't want to, again, I'm not saying it in a critical manner, but I want to be direct. Our mandate as believers in Jesus is to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. Yeah. And any humanitarian aid that is done to the Jewish people needs to be done through the local believers in Jesus so that people know that this cup of water is giving in the name of Jesus. I I think you are absolutely correct. Uh, And it troubles me. And and again, because, you know, you see people doing things out of kindness and you don't want to rush to any kind of judgment uh, and, and you don't want to discourage acts of kindness ever, ever. But um, I, <laughs> I I struggle with those who um, sort of pardon uh, uh, an unbelief, you know, in, in Christ. I have a Jewish uh, rabbi friend, um, and, and I've we have a good relationship, and so I've just been blunt and asking some questions because I just don't understand it. I want to understand. And he said, well, you know, Jews don't need Jesus because they were never separated from God like Gentiles were. We've always been the chosen people of God. And I thought, man, I, if you've read the New Testament, I just, I just, I, that's, not, that's not what Jesus said. Uh, and if Jesus is the Son of God, if he is God incarnate, well, we better listen to him. And then I have Christian friends who kind, they really, if they don't say it, they at least act like it, and they, I think they kind of believe it, that, that there are kind of two, two paths to God. One is through Christ. Right. Uh, and the other is to be Jewish. Uh, and, dual and, covenant. Do, it's called dual covenant. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because mm-hmm. I, I go, I, I'd love to say, yeah, you know, hey, yeah, however you get to God, that's fine. But I just don't see it in Scripture. And Jesus was pretty pointed about it. And, I, and so I think we may be doing people a disservice by giving them an excuse to not accept Christ. Does this touch on anything you deal with? No, absolutely in a huge <laughs> way. And I think you're right on, you know, for, for your Jewish rabbi friend, uh, I would say very respectfully, not just have you read the New Testament, because it probably didn't. I would even say, have you read the Old Testament? Mm. You know, I mean, God speaking to our nation over and over and over again, that our sins are separating us from him. You know, that yeah. and he's saying very clearly that he is going to create a new covenant. So I would go to those passages. But, you know, for for believers, um, I would just say, please be very, very careful because dual covenant saying that the Jewish people 
don't need Jesus to come to God. Sometimes they're saying it because of the Abrahamic covenant, mm -hmm. yep. you know, the covenant God made with Abraham. And that's essentially what the rabbi is saying as well. Um, but to say that can, it, well, let, let me, let me start from the end to say that is the worst case of spiritual anti-Semitism mm. because basically negating or, or, or negating access to the Jewish people from hearing and understanding the gospel in a way they can really relate to is an act of anti-Semitism. I think sometimes people do it. I'm not saying the people that are doing it are anti-Semites. I'm right. not saying that. I think sometimes people do it out of fear, of ignorance, of not knowing how to, how to speak right. to Jews about Christ. But let me say it in the most positive way. The most Jewish thing you can do for a Jewish person is telling him about Jesus of Nazareth, because Jesus, Yeshua, is the fulfillment of the entire Hebrew Bible. He's the fulfillment of the law. He's the fulfillment of the prophets. Yeah. And he's the one that our nation has been waiting for all those years. So um, don't be discouraged. I would encourage you know, our viewers, our listeners, share the message of Yeshua, of Jesus, with your Jewish friends. How do we pray for Israel? Well, you know, uh, um, again, from my perspective, what, what I get up in the morning for, pray for salvation mm -hmm. of more Jewish people. Um, regarding the state of Israel, we face, as is clear as we watch the news, a lot of challenges, yeah. existent existential challenges, uh, rumors of war, all those type of things. So we'd be thankful for our prayers and, you know, uh, pray for remaining strong ties between the United States and Israel, something very close to all of our hearts. Israelis love the U.S. Yeah, and I, I think that's important on a political level, but you have very much touched on the most important thing, which is the spiritual. Uh, and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I love the fact that, that Arabs respond as well, and you don't discriminate. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, before I let you go, I, I want to show the website again. It looks like this. It's oneforisrael.org. And you have a podcast there where people can mm -hmm. hear more about what you guys are doing um, and what's going on in Israel. Ex explain what people get there at the Pod for Israel. Yes, so Pod for Israel is a 30-minute uh, podcast that's coming out weekly. It brings updates. It brings insight into the Hebrew Bible. Uh, from a, from a um, messianic Christian perspective, uh, just a great tool to understand what's going on. And uh, we also have, maybe I can mention this, where you, we mentioned prayer uh, earlier. So we, we have on the website a free resource. It's a 31 day of prayer where you can intelligently pray for 31 days and if you click the button, you can download it free or write to us, and we'll be more than pleased to send you a hard copy. So that's just a way, a great way of getting in, getting involved and getting engaged. Dr. Eris Soref, uh, appreciate you. Um, those who are watching, the Christians around the world, how can we pray for you personally? Um, well, I, I actually am just recovering from COVID. Uh, oh. So uh, just... Uh, prayers for uh, health and uh, I'm, in, I'm still in the US I'm flying home in the coming days so just uh, safe travels and um, yeah you know the, the year that lies ahead many many challenges mostly mostly good ones 
Yeah, good. Well, I, I will say something that, that you probably wouldn't say for yourself, and that is if you want to support Israel, uh, pray, as, as Dr. Soraf has said, pray that, that they would come to Christ. If you want to support them financially, uh, support them through an organization that does the good works in Jesus' name so that they know uh, that it's it's a Christian who is reaching out to help them. Um, I, I just think that's I think it's critical, and I appreciate your kind correction for uh, those of us in the West. Uh, it gets a little confusing and convoluted at times when we talk about Israel, and I think you have a clarity that is 100% spot on. So appreciate everything that you do. Pray for your ongoing work and health, uh, and thank you for taking the time to share with our audience today. Thank you so much, Randy. Really my pleasure. This is a good one, guys out there. Hit share. If you haven't hit follow, subscribe, or like, do that now uh, and, and get the word out. This is, this is critical that we come in, in you know, grace and truth as Christ came. Grace and truth. We can, we can do both through Christ. <laughs> we can do all things because he gives us the strength to do it. Uh, so appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, more great interviews right here on Life Today Live. So, so come back and we'll see you again next time. God so loved the world. God so loved the world. That in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our sins, in spite of our failures, God says, I love you. I love you. I love you.